This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. everybody and welcome to episode 19 of Spin Control, Process versus Product. This of course is your host Shiloh and I want to start out by saying I'm so sorry that I missed last week's recording. Last week was a very very crazy week. I came off of my mini vacation and went straight into a short work week which made for very long days and then when it came time to record my episode we were having the worst luck with our home internet. So recording and publishing and all of that kind of fell by the wayside because by the time I had reliable internet service, it was time for me to head off to my work conference and there was no way I was going to get a recording done. So I pretty much just had to scrap the idea and my show plan and pretty much push it forward a week. And here I am now recording what I had intended to record this time last week. Now this week, of course, I'm way behind as well because just yesterday, just Friday, I got back from my work conference and pretty much all I wanted to do was sit on the couch. So that's what I did. I had a bowl of cereal for dinner and I totally chilled and did not, there was no way I was going to record last night. I was exhausted, scatterbrained, and pretty much just done because we had worked so hard at the conference the week before. Now, I didn't attend a conference. We threw a conference for all of the international leadership that we have in our organization. They all converged in San Antonio and we hosted. So that meant a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, and then execution time was super busy. I mean, that meant getting uh, 70 people to and from events, making sure that all the comm was hooked up and, you know, just everything, making sure they had snacks between their sessions and all sorts of fun stuff. So we're glad that's over. It went off without a hitch. It was fantastic. I think everybody, including our boss, was super happy with the final results. So it totally wore us out and I'm glad it's over. So I should be able to get my life back to normal. In addition this week, before we get started with updates, I need to say hello to a special listener. I found out yesterday on the phone that my mom listens. Hi mom. Love you. Um, It took me forever to even tell her that I had a podcast. And then after I told her, it took me forever to tell her what the name of the podcast was. She got a little mad at me because it was like I didn't want her to listen. But it was kind of like the delay on telling the knit group that I had a podcast. It's my mom is one of, I don't know, she's not necessarily my toughest critic. She loves me no matter what, you know, that's what moms do. But I was nervous for her to listen to it. But Thankfully, she's happy, she loves it, she likes to hear my voice, and she thinks I'm doing a good job. So, I'm an A-plus podcast recorder in my mom's book, and I guess that's really all that matters. (laughs) Love you, Mom. I kind of think this whole crafty thing is my mom's fault. Well, not necessarily her fault. It's genetic, I think. My mom is super crafty. She's very artistic and super talented, and, like, she's got some sewing skills that, hopefully... By the time I'm her age, I have, you know, met her level of skill and talent when it comes to sewing. But I really owe a lot of my crafting ability and my crafting drive and just my curiosity about all things craftiness to my mom. Mom, thank you very much for that. And I love you and I'm glad you're listening. Now on to updates. All right, and updates. I survived my mini vacation. 
I loved it, as a matter of fact. It's been, what, two weeks since I recorded. The mini vacay was awesome. We spent so much time just doing nothing, like just relaxing in the river, chilling, eating great food, hanging out with great friends. I enjoyed it so much. If I had the opportunity, I would have abandoned you all and stayed out on the river for the rest of my life. I loved it. It was such a cleansing, relaxing experience. Oh, I'm so glad I went and had a good time. It was really the perfect break I needed before the speed up and the ramp up for that conference. It was awesome. I was able to just completely relax, totally refresh, so that I was prepped and ready for the hard work that was ahead. It was awesome. Ugh, and I can't wait to do it again next year. Huh, fantastic. In addition, the only other thing that I've got going on in updates is that I finished my summer boot camp. I know I only mentioned it once. To refresh, myself and my sister-in-law and my future sister-in-law attended an eight-week summer fitness boot camp, and it was like five days a week at 5.15 in the morning, and that's finally over with, thank goodness. And I managed to lose nine pounds and four and a half inches, and I'm pretty happy with my results, And uh, but I'm still about 15 pounds off of my final goal. But it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. It was a good way to get myself back into that mode of daily fitness. I had a back injury last year, and it was pretty hard to recover from that. But our trainer, Shantae, really kicked us back into shape. So I'm ready for my next level of fitness improvement. All right, that's really all I've got going on in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, we are going to talk a little bit about the concept of process versus product knitters. I have heard many, many a podcaster discuss this topic, and it seems that in just about everybody's mind, you are definitively one thing or the other, either a process or a product knitter. Now, the way I understand it, if you're a process knitter, The part that you enjoy and relish and thrive on the most is the knitting itself and everything leading up to it. Planning a project, picking the yarn, doing your sizing and your calculations, and the actual execution itself, you know, knitting every stitch, doing every stitch pattern, those things are what drives you to knitting. And then on the other side of the argument, if you're a product knitter, what drives you to knit is the finished product itself. You just can't wait for that sweater or those socks or that item to be complete. That's what keeps you going and is your driving force behind your knitting and what you take on. Now, I don't think there's only two kinds of knitters. I don't think we're all process versus product. I, myself, am neither of those. I know that there are some people who I would call Zen knitters. Those people that could really care less about the final product or everything leading up to it. It's the actual execution of every stitch that helps them get into their relaxation and their happy place. The thing that settles them and grounds them and, you know, washes the rest of the day away is that knitting time. So it's not the product or the process that drives them. It's that state and the feeling that they get when they're actually doing it, the relaxation and the settling that is the driving force behind their knitting. Now, I'm not a Zen knitter either. For me, I'm a progress knitter. Now, I'm a maker, which I think is why I would consider myself a progress knitter. Now, being a progress knitter, that is not a term that is unique to me. 
I believe it was Megan and I, my buddy from Maryland Sheep and Wool, who had this discussion first, way back at Maryland. Neither of us, I think, I'm pretty sure it was her. God, Megan, I hope it's you. Neither of us are product or process knitters. It's seeing the progress of the item in our hand unfolding that is the driving force behind our knitting, which is why I'm having such a hard time with cobblestone. It is such a repetitive action. There's no like there's no milestones in this project. They're very, or I guess the milestones are very, very far spread apart. The body of this sweater was 17 and a half inches of primarily stocking it. Now that doesn't make for cohesive or clearly identified stopping points or progress points. Those are the things I need to keep me motivated on a project. That's what I like. I like simple stitch patterns and repeats, even if it's like changing colors or like I have a scrappy lengthwise scarf on the needles. I really like that project. It's 500 stitches in linen stitch. However, every row or every other row, you're changing colors. And I love that. Like I have a concrete sense of accomplishment when I say, oh, I just finished this color. It's time for the next one. Or when you're doing like a simple pattern sock with a 12 row repeat. Okay, I have time. I can sit down, knock out 12 rows. Look what I've accomplished. Look at this sock unfolding in my hands. That is what is the driving force for me. Seeing those little milestones, reaching that next step in a project. I think that's one of the reasons I like socks so much because it's broken down into so many quick little milestones. For example, cast on. I just cast on this sock. That makes me feel good. That's what I enjoy. Finishing a cast on for me, that's a milestone that makes me feel like I'm progressing in a project. I just finished two inches of ribbing on the cuff of this sock. That is a progress point for me. It makes me feel good. I progress through an entire project like that. And when I have those milestones, it really makes me happy. And I think I'm the same way with my sewing. That's one of the reasons I break my sewing down into those manageable steps. One reason is for time management, because I usually don't have more than 20 or 30 minutes to actually work on something. And the other is I have clear progress points. I just cut all the fabric for this project. I just did all my side seams. Those things make me feel accomplished. They give me that sense that I am progressing through this item and that I'm getting things done and I'm accomplishing things. And that is my driving force behind my knitting and crafting. I am a progress knitter, not a process versus a product knitter. Usually the product is the item that drives me to pick a project. However, what keeps me going and keeps me interested is the progress. And that is all I've got in Spin a Tail. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. All right, folks, it has been two long weeks since I recorded, you'd think I'd have a lot to report. Unfortunately, I do not, because one of those entire weeks was taken up by the conference. And I did not drag my spinning wheel to Texas because that just wasn't gonna happen. There certainly was not enough time in a day to really do anything in terms of crafting. Spinning though, the week before, I finally started that single ounce of Cormo that I had purchased at Maryland Sheep and Wool. I cannot tell you who I bought it from because it was at one of the many vendors in this random basket, one ounce samples of Cormo for like $3.95. I saw a color that I liked, I picked it up, and it's been literally sitting in my suitcase since Maryland. But it is really pretty color. It's almost a mossy green with hints of purple, and I cannot wait to see how that progresses. Unfortunately, it's on hold because while I was at my fancy schmancy conference, 
I twisted my ankle really, really bad. Right now, I'm sitting here with my foot propped up with ice on it to manage the swelling. <laughs> Ugh. So anyway, uh, I don't think I'm going to tackle the double treadle anytime soon. And I know some people are able to use their double treadle spindles, spindles, double treadle spinning wheels as a single treadle. But with the Louette Victoria, I don't think that's really going to be something I want to take on because, hold on, I'm shifting my eyes. That's not really something I'm going to try to take on because with the Louette Victoria, it's such a small wheel that the treadle depth is really, really shallow. So I'm not sure I would be able to to treadle with one foot and have the control that I would need to do a good product. So that is on hold. But fortunately, one of my knit girls loaned me her Turkish spindle. It is the cutest, prettiest little spindle. Very lightweight. I think it's 0.8 ounces. And I think they're gorgeous. She has a ton. Well, not a ton. She's got two or three of them. And she actually loaned me her favorite. Thank you, Erin. Much love. So I'm going to try that out over the next couple of days and return that to her on knit night. So I will definitely report back on how I found the Turkish spindle and I will get all the details for you and talk about that next week, probably and put my spin on it and let you know how I enjoyed it, where it's from, all the details, what kind of spindle it is, etc. But I am going to give a Turkish spindle a try and that's all I've got going on in spinning. Now on to knitting. Knitting. Just the other day I was listening to Jackie from Kipping It Real and she called my cobblestone the never-ending sweater. <laughs> so cobblestone is now officially a never-ending sweater or a sweater of shame depending on what your preference of terms is. But I did make some progress on it. I got to the point that I wanted to be at. I made it all the way up to the armholes on the body, 17 and a half inches. Yay! I should have plenty of milestones now to keep me interested and keep me progressing on this. I cast on the arms before I departed for my conference and I took that with me. I didn't get much done because there certainly was not enough time to work on it. The flights were pretty short and by the time we got done each day, all I wanted to do was eat and then sleep. But I got about four inches knit on the sleeves and I'm doing those two at a time on Magic Loop. I don't really like two at a time on Magic Loop. I prefer DPNs most of the time. But for managing a project for travel, putting these on two at a time, I think really worked out. So I had less to manage. wasn't worried about dropping DPNs on a plane or anything like that. But now I'm at the point where I'm increasing the arms every seventh row, just two stitches. And they're really long. They're like 20 some inches, but I'm, I'm already a fifth of the way done. Hey, look at me tossing that progress thing back in there. That's what I like. I like measurable goals. And it's already more interesting to knit the sleeves than it was the body because I have that increased row every seventh row, which is pretty awesome. So I'm like, oh, I can sit down and knit seven rows. Awesome. I have time for that. And I scatter that throughout the day and make quite a bit of progress. Good stuff. Um, the only other knitting I really did this past week was I knit about two inches on my wham bam. That is the only effort that I made toward Christmas Conquest 2010. Let me tell you, I'm not a monogamous knitter. I never have been. So focusing on cobblestone has really been difficult for me. There are so many things that I want to cast on, but I don't want to fall into a start-itis rut and not be able to, you know, pick a project. I think in this week to come, I'm going to cast on club socks. Yeah, I, it's really hard for me to not have a pair of socks going. I still have my hand-spun socks on, the needles, but those are 
they're very simple. I really like those. They're a lot of fun, but I've been using those a lot, taking them to appointments and stuff. So they're getting, they're getting worked on on a pretty regular basis, but they're not done yet. Hopefully soon. So we'll have to see how everything pans out for my knitting and getting things accomplished. And hopefully next week I'll have some stuff that I cast on to talk about in sewing. All right. Sewing. Oh, sewing. So I had a week where I, I didn't do a whole lot, but unfortunately, do you remember the cornhole bags that we talked about? Apparently people that play cornhole are very, very into it. There is actually an American Cornhole Association and you can find their website at www.playcornhole.org. And unfortunately, I didn't find this website until it was too late. These people are very serious about this game. And if you go to the site, all the instructions that you would need to make your very own cornhole game are there. And if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, if you go to the site, it's all there. Absolutely. So I'm actually remaking the eight cornhole bean bags. Had I found the site early enough, I would have been able to preempt some pitfalls to my cornhole bean bags. The cornhole bags lasted the entire mini vacay. So it was four days on the river and people played every day. They loved it. They challenged each other. They had little tournaments. They had a blast. They definitely got used. However, what I did was I just picked two random canvassy feeling fabrics from my stash. And that's what I used to make the bean bags. Unfortunately, one of the fabrics was a little bit more fray-y than the other. So it actually, two of the bags like kept coming unseamed and because the bag was fraying. And there are definitely very specific things you can do if you follow the official cornhole instructions and construct your bags properly that these pitfalls would not have happened. One, okay, this is how specific this website is. A cornhole bag should be at least six inches square. In addition, it should have four seamed sides, double seamed sides to be precise. The fabric you should use is duck cloth. Yeah, they're very, very, very specific. The appropriate weight for a cornhole bean bag is between 14 and 16 ounces. Yeah, so they're very, very specific on the details. And had I read the website and found it in time, my cornhole bean bags first round would have lasted. We did use whole kernel corn feed to fill them. So I'll be able to reuse that when I fill the next set. I actually had to go out and buy duck cloth. I sewed the double seams. All I have left to do now is to fill the bags and sew the holes. So I'll be finishing those this weekend, which will make my husband very happy. But thankfully they lasted the entire weekend. Other than that, I still have two bags waiting to have hand sewn buttons. I have no idea why I do not want to sew buttons onto these bags by hand, but I kind of back myself into a corner. It's too late in the process to be able to do them machine sew the buttons on. I could, I know my sewing machine does that, but it's too late. I'll have to do it by hand and I've been putting that off. So maybe tonight I'll take that on while I'm watching some television. It's only like four buttons on two bags, but I just really don't want to do it. So I've been putting that off a lot. And that was the previous week. Like all that stuff I did, not last week, but the week before, right after my mini vacay was over. And the only thing I did this week in terms of sewing, surprisingly enough, is when I was packing to go on my conference. Hold on, I have to adjust my ice again. My ankle is killing me. Ouch. Oh, that hurts. 
Okay, so this week when I was packing for my conference, I was trying on pants because we had a dinner we had to go to, and it was, you know, pretty business casual dress. And I put on this pair of pants that I bought and I've never worn. They're just like a, a nicer khaki, I guess, a more fitted khaki pant. But they were way too long for me. And I cannot believe it, but I went, you know what? I can hem these right now. And I did. I hem my own pants for the first time, and that made me feel super proud of myself. And I wore them at the conference, and they fit perfectly. They're the exact right length. So I feel totally accomplished, even though the only sewing I did this past week was hemming a pair of pants. Oh, it was awesome. Hopefully, in the week to come, I will be able to get something accomplished on... Christmas Conquest 2010, and I will have more to talk about this coming week. But for now, that's all I've got in spinning my wheels. And now it's time for me to put my spin on it. And this week, I'm going to put my spin on the television show Knit and Crochet Now. Knit and Crochet Now is a 30-minute public television show on the Create TV network that features knitting and crocheting techniques. And also they include, on occasion, interviews with prominent figures in the knitting and the crocheting world. For example, I have seen interviews with, just to name a couple, for example, uh, Lily Chin and Kay Fassett. And they feature designers, and I've seen some magazine editors and things like that. Now, the show is available in the U.S. on PBS and I think if your cable network offers the Create TV network independently, you can get it that way. In addition, you can get it, just is just from my knowledge, I don't know if it's available on television in any other countries, but you can watch snippets from the show on their website, and you can also purchase each season on disc. Now, the show used to be called Knit and Crochet Today, but just this season, season three, they got kind of a new look and a new website and a new name. They go by Knit and Crochet now. Personally, I hated the first season. I liked the techniques. I liked the guests that they had. However, the host was irritating. She was not a knitter or a crocheter. She crocheted hats, but really did not know anything about the craft. She was like, I think she's like a soap opera star. And I found her, she bothered me. So if you saw season one and didn't like it because of the host, give season two and three a try. The new host, Brett Barra, is the editor of Crochet Today magazine, and she's super adorable and very knowledgeable, and she adds to the show instead of distracting like the other girl used to. I really like it. And the reason that I'm actually talking about it this week is because I got home from my trip and I was looking through the DVR to see what I had recorded and I noticed that I had 13 episodes of Knit and Crochet Now recorded that I haven't been able to watch. Well, for one, it's on strange hours in my area and when I'm able to watch it, my family is not super tolerant of watching knitting and crocheting on television. So I kind of have to find my own time to watch it. And they're all out of town this weekend. So I'm home by myself. So when I'm hanging out with my foot propped up, knitting on cobblestone, it's the perfect time to catch up on episodes. The show for me, I consider it to be inspirational. Now, I wouldn't say that the projects are like super phenomenal, drop your jaw amazing or anything like that. However, if you're relatively new to knitting or crochet or interested in starting one, or the other, the show does a really good job at walking through techniques 
and taking the mystery out of them and removing the intimidation. For example, I knit an entire cabled blanket, but I wouldn't have tried it except I saw an episode of Knit and Crochet Today that featured cabled patterns. And it was like, oh, that's super cool. That's not at all what I thought would go into cabling. I thought it was far more complex than it actually is. And had I not seen it broken down on the show, I don't know if I would have ever conquered a cabled project. I've done a ton since, but it was first seeing it explained and highlighted on the show that made it feel attainable for me. So if you are a knitter who's interested in trying crochet, it's a great place to see it in action. If you're a crocheter who's interested in knitting, it's a great place to see it in action. There's definitely not enough information in any one episode to learn how to knit from the show, but it's definitely enough to pique your curiosity, explain a few things that you didn't understand before, and see some inspirational artists and figures from the knitting and crochet community. And if you're not at all interested in watching knitting and crocheting on television, still take a chance to check out their website. I'll link to it in the show notes. Knit and Crochet Now's website has free patterns from all their episodes available for download online. So, I mean, they've, what, God, there's 13 episodes, I think, in season three. So that's 13 free patterns right there. And, I mean, there's two other seasons worth of patterns. And also, each season, they feature a different crocheted or knit block so that you can make it like a sampler afghan. So, so far they've got three sampler afghans. It's pretty cool. I like the show. It's great background for when you're doing your knitting and your crocheting and it's really helpful if you're trying to get over some of those mystery techniques that you think might be too difficult for you. So again, check out Knit and Crochet Now, hosted by Brett Barra on public television or online. This week, I am all spun up about getting a new job. Now, usually, we've talked about this in the past. For me, being all spun up can be a positive or a negative experience. And this whole new job thing is a little bit of both. So, I found out about two weeks ago that I'm being moved departments. And I don't really get a choice in the matter. It's not a bad thing. I've been in my department for about two years, working with the same people. I love the people, but I'm the only person who does public relations in this whole division. Now, I'm being moved into a division that is all public relations folks. So I'm gonna be able to work with like-minded people that understand my job, but it really bothered me that they'd been planning this move for months and never informed me about it. So it kind of got my goat. I was a little cranky about that, but I'm making that move over the next two weeks and hopefully, hopefully, in the end, I'm very, very happy about it. But I can't guarantee that's gonna happen. I'm not a fan of change. I'm kind of settled in where I'm at and I like it, but maybe it is time for a move and we'll just have to see how that goes. So, uh, yeah, this week I'm all spun up about this new job that I've got looming. And hopefully it's not a complete fail. Uh, keep your fingers crossed for me. I hope that it is a totally positive experience. Uh, and of course it means for the next two weeks, I'm going to be super busy transitioning, getting my replacement trained and training in a totally new job. Keep your fingers crossed. I hope it all works out. And that's what's got me all spun up this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode. Thank you all 
for joining me. I really appreciate it. Sorry again for that unexpected break in recording. I'm really glad I was finally able to talk about process versus product because I keep finding myself promising to talk about stuff that I'm not getting to. So I'm sorry for being a slacker in general, and I will go back through and see what kind of stuff I've been hinting at and try to conquer some of those topics for you. Also, thanks again to all of you who have joined our fan group over on Ravelry. And if you haven't already, I think it would be really awesome if you would share the stuff that gets you all spun up. I have a sticky thread over there on the Ravelry group where folks hop in and they'll share the stuff that's got them excited or, you know, a little cranky for the week on the board and share it for everybody. I think that's fun. I like sharing my all spun up with you guys each week and I hope that I get the chance to see some more from you guys on what gets you all spun up. Thanks again everybody for tuning in. This week's song is called Summer Sound by Shotgun Jimmy. And as always, check out the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at a joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Knit. Thanks again, everybody. Talk to you soon. There's the smell of the fresh cut summer, summer lawn. Change.